episode 20. God, the year's flying by, isn't it, Dave? It is. We're in the 20s now. <laughs> I'm Kev Rose, and oh, well, I've already introduced you. This is Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Dave, David, David Jones, whatever you choose to call me. Can I, can I ask you, actually, I don't think I've ever directly asked you, um, do you prefer going by Dave or David? I really have like zero preference. Because um, I noticed all your social media stuff is usually David. Yeah, that's like like my family all calls me David. But then a lot of people, you know, as I got out into the world more and work and stuff, people usually call me Dave, and it mm. doesn't really bother me either way. <laughs> so well, I, I usually just go if I was going to pick one, I'd probably go with David because it's. I've had that one the longest. People have referred to me as that the longest, but it really doesn't matter to me at all. Okay. Well, I'm going to call you Little D from now on. Little D? <laughs> Little D. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. You're all right anyway, mate. Yeah, well, I'm enjoying the weekend. It's, mm. a, sh- it's like a short week, well, you know, because of... Uh, I mean, we both had Memorial Day weekends. weekend. And you, because of some weird bank holiday thing <laughs> i don't quite understand we have eight bank holidays a year i think it's like um but most of them are grouped together in the summer but then there's a bunch over christmas um it's like you get mat yeah but the the easter holidays they, they, they count as bank holidays and then may day which is the first monday in may and then the last monday in may and then there's a random one in like August, I think. So, uh, is there an actual reason for it? Like, is to commemorate an event, or is it just like, eh, we need a holiday today? <laughs> uh, I think most of them they're the equivalent. You know, when you guys have your you you actually call them holiday days, don't you? Like Martin Luther King Day and all that, you call them holiday days, don't you? Um, I've actually heard the word uh, bank holiday thrown around here too, but it's usually. Like you'll refer to like a day that's not that no one actually celebrates, but it's to commemorate something. Sometimes you might call that a bank holiday, like, like you know, like um. Well, I guess I guess Martin Luther King Day would probably be considered one because it's like, oh yeah, we want to reflect on that, but it's not like you get together with your family or really need time off to reflect on Martin Luther King. (laughs) So it's like the reason you're off of work is just because it's a holiday. No, I'm not going to carry on with that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I kind of uh, almost went there. Um, yeah, but but the bank holidays, yeah, the, I think like pretty much all of them, there is a reason, but like no one cares. It's just you know another holiday day. But like for me, because I work in retail, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect me. Like I, if I work, I work. Mm. You know, the the retail laws kind of changed over the last ten years. So whether you work bank holidays just down to your normal schedule, there's no sort of change. But it's okay. like if you don't drive, you're kind of screwed because the public transport is pretty much non-existent on bank holidays like there'll be a very 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 small bus service all the taxis charge double uh so like (laughs) if i'm working bank holiday like my work's like three or four miles away it means i've got like an hour walk and an hour walk back but hey i've just got a car so hopefully i'll be driving by the end of the summer awesome what Mm. kind of car uh do you know british cars Oh, I was it was some well probably the ones that get imported here, but probably <laughs> so, uh, Renault Clio. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it's just a cheap little first car, really. Okay. 
So, yeah. Um, I think but, when most Americans think of British cars, they just think of like Mini Coopers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm driving. Um, I'm, I'm, I've actually got two cars. I've got a black cab and a double decker red bus. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Everyone just drives those double deckers around. <laughs> yeah, they just park them all in their garage. <laughs> Uh, God. Anyway, um, yeah, so I've had a pretty short week anyway. Just, um, as I say, I wasn't affected by the bank holiday. It just so happened I only had four four days at work this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've just chilled out. The weather's been really good. Is it good uh, over there in Michigan? Um, more or less. It's been a little... Sometimes it gets a little warm because I don't have air conditioning. Okay. But yeah, me it, neither, man. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's it's been really nice today so far because it, it always seems to fluctuate. Like when it's actually you know a little bit more overcast, I think it's really good. Mm. You know, then it's just like a little warm. But when it's like you know full on clear and the sun is constantly beating down on your windows, it just starts to heat up this house a little bit too much. But other than that, I can't complain. See, it's mostly been okay over here. Just the problem was last night. Um, it was really really warm and humid, but there was no breeze at all. Mm-hmm. And like, I opened my window and it didn't really make any difference. And um, my girlfriend was staying over, so like, you know, when you got body heat in bed, it just warms you up even more. Oh yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God. And I, I said to her, I was like, I'm gonna go sleep in another room. And she was like, No, don't leave me. And I was like, <laughs> So I just <laughs> lay down with no blankets and tried to sleep. I think I got like four hours in the end. Right. But, oh well, such is life. Can't complain. At least I got a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. Get like a little fan or something and have it blowing up. Uh, then it's effort. I'd have to turn it on and off, and it's just too much effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. That slight, you know, winger finger or sorry, winger finger wrist movement. Ringer, 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 clinger, ringer. In the ringer, that movie with um, what's his name? The guy out of Jackass. Uh, Special Olympics. Um, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's about the Special Olympics. <laughs> he, like, pretends to be handicapped to do the Special Olympics. <laughs> oh, something's wrong with that guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's not a bad movie. It's actually quite respectful. I thought it would be, like, a real harsh, but... Uh, no, why are we talking about B-grade comedies, anyway? I have no <laughs> idea, because you started to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um... Not been too much going on in the world of Rare and Friends this week. I think uh, everyone's kind of gearing up for E3. Um, obviously, there's one major rumor, but that's the main topic of the episode, so we're going to go into that later on, part of the main feature. Um, and Rare themselves were doing uh, Retro Week mm-hmm. on their social media. Seems to be mainly geared at like Ultimate and NES titles. So, yeah. I, uh, we were actually talking about this on Skype, I think a few days ago, trying to argue about what actually counts as retro to retro week. Because <laughs> they didn't really give any rules. Because, like, okay, half the games, or half, the majority of the games on a rare replay, by most people's standards, would be, you know, classified as retro. So it was kind of an interesting choice. Yeah, I, I consider anything two generations back as retro. So, like, mm-hmm. right now, like, Xbox, PS2, and GameCube are retro, whereas the previous generation are kind of, you know, it's just last gen. Um, yeah. So for me, Rare Replay, I'd say everything up to and including Grab by the Ghoulies is retro. But 
I think rare we're counting the like you say the NES Ultimate and um, uh, Battletoads Arcade. Uh, but yeah, it's just a hard distinction, and in a way, it's a bit unfair, really. Like, surely they could have had a whole week dedicated to Spectrum and a whole week to NES. Yeah, I mean, how do you say? You know, would they call? Would they actually call it? I guess they could call it Eight Bit Week. Week. I can't talk today. Eight Bit Week. Well, but they yeah. could call it NES Week. Because, like, in game, doesn't it say originally released? Oh no! Actually, does it mention the NES in game on Rare Replay? No, only in the inter- only in the interviews does uh, anything like that get mentioned. All right, but then, the like, when you boot the games up, it'll say, doesn't it say, like, published by Nintendo or whatever? Nope, all that's gone. Really? Yep. I'd never really noticed that. So the, yeah, they the, took out no, all the Nintendo references. There's no references. mention of Nintendo even in eight bit text. Um, not that I'm aware of. I'm pretty sure it's all, it's all gone from the title screens at least, unless there's something within the games itself but from what i can tell it looks like they like all button prompts and all references to nintendo from the old systems have been removed and or or replaced by the look of it well that's funny actually because like coming at it from the other angle did you hear the sort of controversy earlier this week when um dkc3 was released on the new 3ds virtual console and it was listed developer as nintendo i know that made me a little a little upset so uh it's just i don't know it's just these weird little edge rules like what can or can't they mention that like i don't know i don't i i think it's if rare aren't legally allowed to reference the nintendo in game that's a bit of a shame because like it was such a huge part of their legacy i think it's i I don't know i mean i feel like they can't put them in a product that's sort of they publish but they can sort of reference it during the interviews because that's referential use rather than sort of something that's their brandings on maybe because they've been dropping a lot of it you know a lot of stuff like that in uh in their videos and stuff lately you know they'll mention donkey kong mention goldeneye nintendo different consoles yeah so <clears throat> i think they can sort of do it in the capacity of interviews and social media and talking about it and celebrating their past but to actually, you know, reference something like Nintendo and a product that Microsoft is publishing within the game itself. I mean, maybe that's kind of the line. I, I suppose the, the closest we got to like a full-on reference was um, the Killer Instinct video on Rare Replay, where they say they talk about developing Donkey Kong Country on the ACM tech, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it shows a random shot of someone modeling bananas on what's clearly a modern computer. <laughs> So still, I'm still interested to know where that actually came from. Like, was that a, a footage from Retro Studios or what? I wonder it, if it's literally just something from something they never released. And they know? just thought, okay, this 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 looks like it would fit. Let's throw it. Yeah, in. <laughs> like here, like we found some bananas in an old file. We'll use this. Well, have they got <laughs> have they got banana bunches in like Connect Sports? Maybe like banana trees. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe in the background. Maybe, maybe it's something as simple as that. They did. They referenced Donkey Kong Country again in the most recent video. Which video is that? Uh, the the jetpack refueled video. Oh yeah, yeah. That launched last night. I haven't had a chance to see that yet. Yeah, they they because they were talking about how they animated because um, all the enemies are animated by hand. Yeah. But uh, Jetman himself is uh, a kind of like an ACM render. They mentioned like that they did it the same way as in Donkey Kong Country. Oh okay. Yeah, and uh, 
they they credited uh Graham Norgate was talking about it too, and they credited him as Goldeneye composer, which I'm not sure if they did that in the game itself. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so when they were talking, I thought that was kind of cool that they're actually like throwing out the names of licensed titles and stuff. Right well, that's where the the waters get even more murkier with Goldeneye, because mm-hmm. like that's not just Nintendo you're dealing with; that's like Activision, Sony. Right. It, actually, do Activision still have the Bond license? It's been a while since there's a Bond game. They had it last, unless that's changed. Hmm. Yeah, I think the last Bond game was like uh, the the one that came out for the 50th anniversary around the same time as Skyfall. Yeah, like 007 Legends. Yeah, that was Something it, yeah. Like I heard it wasn't very good, unfortunately. I did too. So. It's a shame. I, want a good, I would like to play a good Bond game again. I know, and I'm not just like... It's not like I'm a nostalgia wank fest you know like oh only Goldeneye was the only good Bond game because it wasn't like there, there were some good ones later on like The World Is Not Enough on the N64 was really good and um, the I don't believe you played it but Everything or Nothing for the 6th generation consoles hmm. that was a brilliant game I've because... heard Nightfall's pretty good too Nightfall was okay I didn't yeah. I didn't really get into it too much it was, it was alright but I think Everything or Nothing is the best Bond game since Goldeneye it's like a third-person adventure, but it's just really, really mm-hmm. well done. So maybe one day, because mm. maybe I'll pick it up as and explore retro gaming. <laughs> that's that, I don't know. I think I think it's I still think it's weird to call uh, PS2 and Xbox GameCube games retro. But they feel retro. <laughs> like, to me, the cutoff think. feels like uh, N64, PlayStation, Sega Saturn. Okay, well... Especially just because at at that point, because that's the stuff too, that once you get past that is when, like, you know, stuff like emulation gets hard for computers and, like, anything can, like, run the games below PS2. You can't can't judge what's retro based on if your PC will run it or not. (laughs) Well, no, I think it's... I mean, it's an indicator of how advanced something has gotten, you know, and that's before all because once you get to the ps2 gamecube xbox that's when online and stuff like that got introduced and that's kind of like i don't know it feels like the start of the modern gaming industry uh, f- fair enough it's just like retro it, it's just to me like it's weird that you know we reference the snet the super nes as retro five years after the system ended uh <laughs> but yet you know the GameCube's been dead for like going on twelve years now, and it's still like some people don't consider it retro. But I guess I guess uh, you could argue that's just how the timescale's gone in terms of generations lasting mm. longer and the advancements not being as noticeable on the screen to the casual observer. So I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho. Uh. Sorry for that tangent again. Uh, no, that was that was kind of on topic. That, kind you know, of on topic. Rare are the one who did retro week. Yeah, that's true. We talked about the jetpack video, and did we finish talking about that? Oh yeah, we got distracted from there. We started talking about Goldeneye. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say but, I haven't seen the video, so I can't really say much. But um, yeah, I'll be sure to check it out later on. Yeah. They're always entertaining and good. It's always just fun just to see all the guys. Uh, oh, my mic just fell. Uh, talking again, so hopefully that didn't make too big a bad of a noise for you guys. It's all right. You just deafened me in one ear. 
<laughs> well, it'll be worse on the recording because I'm I'm talking to you through a different mic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Sorry. Anyway, um, what was I just saying? Now I'm all distracted. Uh, you were just saying that you were going to transfer 500 bucks into my bank account. Do you need the bank details or? Sure, I'd love your. I'd love you to read me your routing number and bank account over our <laughs> podcast. I'm gonna post online. That couldn't possibly go wrong for you. <laughs> no, not at all. <clears throat> that was weird, actually. Just a very quick tangent. You know, I booked a vacation a few days ago. Yes. Right. Well, on the phone, the guy, the travel agent, was like, "Oh, our card verification system is down, so I need you to take a photo of your card and send it me via WhatsApp." And I was like, huh? <laughs> what? So he that said, sounds a little sketchy. Yeah, and he said, just block the last eight numbers. I just need to see that it's your card and that you have current access to it. And I was like, okay. So I did that. And then, like, I, I added him as a contact on WhatsApp. And, like, you know, his picture just looked some random guy. And I did feel, like, really, like, oh, shit, should I do this? But then I said, look, mate, give me 10 minutes. Um, and then I, I checked online. And, like, this company is, like is it fca or faa it's like approved by the mm -hmm. financial thing and they've been running for like 15 years and they've got good reviews so like i just went ahead and did it and like all the stuff's gone through correctly and no more money's been taken but in that moment i was like this is really weird i don't want to do this yeah that would i'm not sure if i would have done that just because sure then he has then theoretically if he has that image all he has to do is remember four not how, how many eight numbers in his head and be able to access your card. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, but it was probably. I don't think it, it probably wasn't malicious, but no. I don't know. Well, it it, he couldn't the see the security numbers on the back of the card, and he couldn't see that. So, uh, okay, that's true. So maybe you're probably fine then, and he'll probably just delete it. To be honest, hopefully. And probably... he even said, like he rang back up. He's like, "Oh, thanks for the message. Oh, we'll see your picture on WhatsApp. Oh, handsome guy." I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, this is so professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he was he's gonna right, show up. He's gonna just show up at your door one day. Yeah, I mean, like, imagine if that was like some, I don't know, some young eighteen-year-old girl, and he, like, that would be like really creepy. Like, oh, hello, <laughs> darling. <laughs> yeah, you, you just start getting weird messages, and <laughs> then he'll show up in like a thong and. With a bottle of wine, knocking on your door. Is that what you did? No, it's not what I do. <laughs> it's not oh. how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we've covered thongs, credit cards, and uh, everything or nothing. Um, we'll talk a little about, uh, excuse me, a little bit about Twitter first um, before we move on. Uh, the Rare and Friends Twitter handle has become quite a bit more active lately, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, because I've been doing a lot of work on it. Hey, we I was all kind are. of, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to tell who comes from what, but <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, I know yeah. that I've been doing a lot of tweets. I'm not, I, 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 and I see like you know some that aren't mine show up every now and again, but I don't really know who who's doing it because there's no mm. way to tell. Well, it's weird because I remember when we first started Rare and Friends, like we should, oh, should we have a Twitter handle? And and you were like, oh, well, I just tweet from my personal account. But I do think it makes a big difference, like for our brand as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like our, our Twitter account has got like 
three times more followers than our Facebook page, so it must be doing something right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think initially I was hesitant because it's like I already have quite a bit of followers on my on my personal Twitter, so if I create the Weirin Friends, no one's going to follow it, and that's what I was worried about. But people have followed it, so I guess it, it worked out well, and I was proven wrong. Yeah, yeah, seems all right. Uh, so, yeah, and it's, it's cool. Like, we've been interacting with, like, a few rare folk on there and uh, other fan sites such as uh, DK Vine and... Uh, Oh, who else? The, the Pirate Port Radio guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, been quite, yeah, been quite active. I think you even didn't you tweet a pic, like a quickly photoshopped picture of like elephants in Diddy Kong racing or something. <laughs> what, what was the story right. behind that? Because I didn't really get um, it. Okay, I'm trying to remember how this started. <laughs> oh, okay. They uh, first it started with rare posting. Um, the picture of um, Timber, an old render of Timber from DKR with the RC Pro-Am uh, 64 logo. You know, sort of, you know, how the original, what was, what yeah, was going to be called before. How it would have been it. without Diddy Kong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, uh, did I respond to that? Oh, yeah, I, I retweeted it, and I was like, uh, you know, I think I said, you know, shame can't... Shame it didn't stay this way, because, you know, then it could have been in Weird Replay, and we would all, you know, be playing it right now again. <laughs> I said something to that effect. Um, and then, I think it was uh, the DK Vine account, a.k.a. Chad, replied to that, and um, did some reference to Saber- Saberman Stampede. And then I was like, you know, I, I would I, I would love to see Staber, Saberman Stampede come out, even if it was, you know, reimagined as like, it's Mr. Pants' pro pants racing adventure or animal racing adventure or something like that. Yeah. And then Chad responded with like, you know, you know, about his trusted seed, steed Ellie Pants. And then I posted a picture of Timber or Tip Top riding the uh, elephant in the underpants from It's Mr. Pants photoshopped into an old screenshot of donkey kong racing <laughs> and then it was what was it rare rare themselves actually liked that um rare responded to it whom i'm assuming considering what was referenced in the tweet that it was uh, lee love day but he said it was an rpa worthy of scribe's finest years <laughs> oh that was cool yeah I know it was cool, but it's honestly been so long. I know I remember. I remember what the RPAs were. I don't even remember what that stands for anymore, though. <laughs> it's been so long since I've heard that referenced. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I had a similar gushing moment where um, I tweeted about going to pick up Edge magazine a couple of weeks ago for the ukulele stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, oh god, his name fell out of my head. Who's the main ukulele guy who used to work for Edge? Oh god, uh, Andy Robinson. Andy Robinson? Yeah, Andy Robinson. Yeah, he liked my tweet. And I was like, oh. I don't know why I still get like that. It's so common now, celebrities liking anything that's said about them. But I'm still like, <laughs> oh, acknowledge my existence. <laughs> yeah, I, I've sort of got used to it from the, where just from like the liked tweets, you know, and stuff. Yeah. It, it, it's sort of more, I, I, get, I think it's cool when I get stuff like, you know, referencing st- crap from scribes from like 10 years, 10, 15 years ago. That made me really happy. I think it was more just to hear like the term RPA used from you know like I don't even know when the last time they've talked about stuff like that probably the last time there were scribes and I don't know it was really cool 
Yeah, well, I'm just say I'm very happy for you. <laughs> I I think this is this is the first step on us getting scribes back. We must <laughs> we must make Lee feel so nostalgic for scribes that he goes out of his way to recreate it for us. I still think there's a place on the modern internet for scribes. Even if it was just like a separate Twitter account, you know, mm. or something like that, or a separate social media account, just that just sort of answers questions or something like that. Yeah, make it happen, Lee. Yeah, I mean, I, I would prefer the old the old method just because then it gets sort of archived better. And with social media, there's sort of a temporary feel to all of it. I mean, it's still there, but it's a lot harder to go find like old stuff. Yeah, as it would be to actually have like a big letter bag type format yeah i know um <laughs> like these skype chats um it's like i was thinking the other day because i'm in like you know the round friend skype chat the dk vine inner circle uh the dk vine outer circle and like a couple of other chats and i was just thinking like if i ever remember a conversation from like six months ago like it would take so long to scroll all the and that's even if it saves like, does Skype mm-hmm. actually save all the data for as long as you've been in the chat? I don't know. I've never tried to go back really far. Oh, maybe that's something to try next week. Uh, I think the Rare and Friends staff room's been up about six months, so when I can be bothered, I'll see if I can scroll all the way back <laughs> in January. Have fun with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More patience than I have. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, should we shoot on to the main feature, or is there anything else you wanted to... Oh, uh, while we're talking about Twitter, I probably should mention that we did say that Jeff was going to be on this episode on Twitter, and that was a mistake. He, he unfortunately died. <laughs> no, he's he's out of he's uh he's uh going to uh, I don't know if he wants me to say, but he's he has business. Yeah, he's going it's, to a, it's a family thing in a different state, basically. Yeah, he's basically yeah. going to a family thing. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's uh, broad enough. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I did try and hit him up to see if he could still make it, but I guess it's like probably hard for him to contact people, you know, at the moment on the run. I know what it's like when you, especially family things, you kind of just like put your geek life to the side. So, I don't know. Yeah, That's especially like for me. If you're probably dry. I imagine he's probably driving, you know, mm. quite a bit too. So that's gonna. Uh, I will. I'm hoping he wouldn't be, you know checking skype on his phone whilst on a road trip <laughs> that's all right if the if the road's quiet no it's not it's illegal don't ever do that mm-hmm. so yeah we wish him the best and have not talked to him but maybe we'll have him on next week yeah hopefully well i'm, I'm really hoping because um okay well I'll, I'll talk about this quickly now before we move on to the main feature um obviously next week is going to be the build-up to e3 and what I'm what I'm hoping for is that maybe like for the first time all four of us could do an episode together for the E3 hype, like me, you, Andrew, mm-hmm. and Jeff. Um, I know Andrew himself is actually moving from the east coast to the west coast, <laughs> so it's going to be pretty uh, pretty crazy for him. But um, you know, if he can make it, it'd be great. If not, like hopefully at least Jeff. I, I, I think Jeff said he's usually down to do most weekends. It's just obviously. You know, some every now and then you get family things come up, um, but yeah, next next weekend it's going to be an E three E three build up dropping on the Sunday, the night before E three. Um, I'm planning to do an impromptu 
reaction episode straight after the Microsoft conference. I know you said you're going to try and make it if you can, but you're going to be at work, so it's going to be... It might right, be... it's it, it's going to... I mean, I can take my lunch break pretty much when I want, but it's yeah. going to depend on how long this conference is going, if it's going to you know, use up my entire lunch break and then some. <laughs> I think so they... I'm probably actually... What I'm going to do is I'm probably just going to... Um, Normally, I eat lunch at my desk, but I'm probably going to go out to a coffee shop and bring my lunch there and set my laptop in front of me and kind of get some a little bit, a little bit of privacy. What's the longest you can take for a lunch break if you really wanted to? Um, with probably about an hour and a half. Ah, uh, I think the Microsoft conference is usually ninety minutes. Yeah, so, so I'll probably just get through the whole. I don't know. Maybe I'll. If you have, if you can record it on your end, maybe I'll, um, you know, do a quick call with you from my phone when I'm driving back. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get quite a few things done on the Monday. Then I'm flying out to Spain on the Tuesday, but um, I'm still gonna maybe try and do a couple of things while I'm out there because I'll have my phone and a laptop. So. Um, uh, I mean, I imagine there probably won't be any major news after the Monday for us anyway, because it's Rare and Friends. Nintendo, we know, aren't doing anything outside of like Zelda and a few Treehouse events. You never know. Something crazy could happen. <laughs> it's all a ruse, and they're going to, like, all of a sudden, after they do their little Zelda stream, and the NX is available today! Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I mean, do you see how much floor space they booked? I'm like, come on, what do you guys do? Why do you... That much for Zelda? No, like, how about, is it quite a lot of space? Yeah, it's almost as much as, like, Sony and Microsoft. Like, so... It's really weird to book that much space and just have kiosk after kiosk of the same game. Unless some of it's for, like, the live stream. Maybe they're going to do the live stream right from the floor, but still... Hmm. It just seemed weird to me. But yeah, all, all the bookings are up. Um, I don't have a link for I'll always send you a link later and you can see, you know, who you can fantasize about going to E three and imagining what it would be like to walk in. <laughs> <laughs> um also next week, obviously, um well, yeah, next week, uh, we've got the Euro kicking off, you know, the, the football championship. So I bet you're looking forward to that. I have yeah, I have no idea what that is. Euro that's Cup. different from that's different from the World Cup, isn't it? Yeah, every like basically the World Cups every four years and the Euro Cups every four years and they like you know, there's like two years in between, if you get what I mean. So it's like Okay, so they alternate kinda. Yeah, so it'd be like <clears throat> Euro twenty sixteen and then World Cup twenty eighteen. So uh, so kinda of, kinda of like how the Olympic summer and limber uh, summer and winter Olympics do it, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. But obviously they're both really big deals for us because like England's almost always in both. So, um Why does it, how come the, the, the UK gets like four teams and every other country gets like one? Because the UK is made of four countries. <laughs> like, it's one sovereign state. Before. Like I know yeah. it's four different things, but I don't know. I, I feel like that would be like having United States get like a team for each state. Yeah, but you're all in the same country. Like England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland are different countries under the same like thing. The United Kingdom is just a banner that unites us. 
Like, we have the same currency and, you know. But, but so the United Kingdom is not considered a sovereign state? Uh, I, th- <laughs> I don't know, I think it is. But, like, made of multiple countries. Because oh. it's like, uh, you know, it's usually only, you know, there's one, you know, UK embassy, there's one, you know, ambassador to the whole thing, so it's always treated by other, every other country as one country. That's why it's so confusing. Yeah, well, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you better be watching all the England matches, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Come on, like all the people that we follow, pretty much through Rare and Friends, are all based in England. I don't know. I, I I find it a little. It gets a little boring. I don't oh. know. Maybe I just don't understand it. Okay. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really into sports, though. I'm not really into sports, but I think I just get swept up in the hype whenever mm-hmm. there's like a major cup and you know it only lasts for like a month but um anyway no the reason i brought I'd that up it, is because like be it's gonna be like a big month for me because it's gonna be like e3 and euro mm-hmm. and yeah it's gonna be crazy like why am i even going on vacation i shouldn't have done it that week but <laughs> i had the time booked off and i haven't had a proper holiday for like two years so i just thought yeah a few days in the sun cool well Thank you for educating me on you guys' sports shenanigans. <laughs> it's all right, anytime. So anyway, um, do you want to talk about the major rumors that have been sort of slipping out oh. this week? Yeah, there's a, there's a, this is completely a rumor and I don't even know how, um, substantiated this is but i thought it would be a good topic because at the very least it's on everyone's mind and sort of give us so even if it's not happening it still would be a fun episode to discuss you know if this does happen at some point what we'd like to see uh but basically the rumor is um that in addition to more information on sea of thieves uh at e3 that rare is going to show um or at least reveal that they're working on a new battletoads game yeah this came from Reddit. Some guy claims he found, I'm not sure how he does this, but like analyzing data from like the Xbox API, he claims that he found just sort of keyword references to like Battletoads somehow in there. And there's not really any other place I can think of that those would come from. Because he did mention later that he found some from Conquer too, but there's always the stuff from Conquer's big reunion and Project Spark that those. Or, or, and, and Young, uh, young Conquer, Conquer that yeah. those could be from. Whereas Battletoads only exists in, I think, you know, Rare Replay, which is like its own thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Assuming well, this guy is not completely lying. Couldn't have been the Battletoads lying. pack for Shovel Knight? Or... I suppose, but I, I don't know. I imagine... I have no idea how he's doing this or if he's even lying it, but I imagine if it's API data, there'd probably be some timestamp information around it. Oh, okay. So I don't know. That would be my thought. And that stuff happened. The Battletoads DLC happened quite a lot of long time ago. Because mm. this guy seemed to be able to sort of at least claim to narrow it down to, like, you know, what was coming soon. Yeah. And he seemed to only be focused on, like, new stuff. So I don't know. As I said, he could be making it all up, but. 
it's sort of got everyone thinking about a Battletoads and what could possibly be done with that in the future. And I think we talked about it before that, you know, that we were asking what game we wanted Wares to be. I said, hey, well, a new Battletoads would be cool. It wouldn't be my first pick. And, you know, I'll probably still stand by that, but I'm still really excited. Even if it's a new Battletoads, I just want, I just want to see probably be a different IP first, but it might actually be great for, um, you know, the Rare Replay team to work on something like this because I imagine they're probably a bit smaller. So it could be a good sort of, uh, you know, game for a smaller team to cut their teeth on. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it would, um, I like the idea of continuing this theme of Rare that every year they show something old and something new. Mm-hmm. like uh and in this way it kind of it works both ways like you could count either way around like sea of thieves is something old because they already revealed it battletoads is something new because they haven't revealed it but you flip it around battletoads is an old ip and sea of thieves is a new ip and i don't know i just really like the idea of rare having like two games every year to show yeah uh Actually, the, the more i think about it too i think battletoads would probably be a really good one for them to do because it's gonna it's gonna be something that hasn't been put into sort of the modern era yet and it doesn't have the sort of same expectations about what it should be as if they revisited something from the n64 era where i feel i feel like at this point if they ever do a new banjo people are going to be really upset because they're going to do something in their eyes wrong you know and there's going to be all that pressure doing something like that especially for a smaller team and i know a lot of the rare i'm assuming this is the rare some of the rare replay guys well we know a lot of the rare replay team um like i think like some of them went on to see a thief and a bunch of them went to work on a new project um a couple of them went to platonic too or uh yeah karen went to platonic yeah Um, so yeah but i don't know i've just been kind of that's kind of been the assumption because they have uh that one video where they had like you know this is the rare replay barn and this is the sea of thieves barn the sea of thieves barn has cannons pointed at the rare replay barn <laughs> if you remember that video yeah so i was kind of i, I got it to the point that i'm sure people are being shuffled around but i imagine the core team from rare replay is probably going to work on uh whatever else they're working on yeah and i mean i know they've got like i mean if you look at the satellite picture i think they've got like four or five barns or something we did know during the n64 era but I can't remember now, but I mean, who knows? Like, like how they split their teams now? Like, it, right? It, it's weird, isn't it? Because like, you can't just assume it'd be one barn for each team, uh, for each game, and then they could have some stuff going on. Like, well, then again, have Rare got any real estate outside of Twycross now? Because the Rare, the Birmingham branch closed, didn't it? Um, I have no idea. Yeah, because they, they launched their new, like, office in Birmingham, like, five or six years ago. But then I'm sure it closed down, like, after Connectsport's rivals. Yeah, probably. Because I think it's just the four barns and, like, the main connecting building. Okay. I don't know. Well, but... one day we'll be running it, so then we can... <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, but either way, uh, I guess my point was is that, especially if you, if you sort of pair what we know about being probably a smaller team and unity it makes sense that this is probably revisiting an older ip a really older ip is probably might be their uh best idea 
because you know with right now i mean a lot yeah. of the core people from the sort of n64 era that are still at rare are all on sea of thieves for the most part right so, yeah or, or like yeah. Or the other half have gone to platonic to work on ukulele which yeah, in of so... itself is kind of like as good as if not better than a new banjo game because it's something a bit fresher so like it's still it kind of feels like we're still getting a quasi rare game in of itself with yuka anyway so right like i'm not yeah i won't be hard it'd be nice to see a new banjo but i'm not going to lose sleep if we don't get a new banjo instead of battletoads i know there'll be some fans will say it should have been banjo but i think battletoads it kind of it's got a broader appeal like you get a lot of retro fans who may not be into rare's later stuff but they still look back fondly at battletoads yeah and i think this is it it's there's not going to be as much because this one hasn't been re-advantaged for madden gaming yet they sort of have creative freedom to do with it what they want without a lot of negative repercussions <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and i mean i'm not saying like, and... i don't want it to be like battletoads racing or something like i want a, oh yeah i want a traditional battletoadsy game but like you say they've got a bit more creative freedom to kind of mm-hmm. change yeah because the problem is it... mate I mean, if you go through like their main franchises, like Banjo, it's kind of well. Right now, it would be going directly against Yuka, so I don't think it's the right time. Conquer, I think no one knows what they want from a Conquer sequel. <laughs> There's like so many different ways, and we've been over this a bit before, especially with Andrew when we were talking about Pocket Tales HD last year. Like, no one knows what they want from a Conquer sequel. Everyone's got a different idea, so I don't think Conquer's a good idea just yet. Um, Perfect Dark, you know, you've got two games, well, three if you count the Game Boy Color one, but two games which are such different styles and neither fit the modern gaming shooter standard. So that's another one I wouldn't want them to touch just yet. Well, a game like Perfect Dark. Sorry? I'd be okay with Perfect Dark now, but not till after. Not, but if, if they do a Perfect Dark. You know, it's going to need to be a AAA production. That, that's so exactly that yeah. That's exactly yeah. the point I was about to make. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> a Perfect Dark is the kind of game that they should have as their big game after Sea of Thieves. I mean, if they want to do something else, like whatever. Like I'm happy that Rare are making what they want to make, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want. You know, what would be cool. What would be cool? It would be. Imagine if they sort of did like a level pack for the original Perfect Dark, like an additional campaign, use the same engine. For the remastered version, I think that'd be cool. That'd be quite cool, yeah. Because, um, <laughs> well, that'd be easier to do, yeah. Because Perfect Dark for the 360 was a port; it wasn't a ROM. Mm-hmm. So, because they ported it and like everything standardized to, well, then again, it's to 360 architecture, so they kind of have to, yeah. Because then it gets a bit murky, isn't it? Because technically, it's actually back compat; it's not running natively yeah. on the Xbox. But one. I imagine. It wouldn't be that hard to port it from 360 to 1 if they... I guess, you think about the amount of remastered titles coming out, it can't be that hard to do. I'm sure it was easier pointing it, porting it to... It would be easier porting it from the 1, or the 360 to the 1, than it would be from N64 N64 again, yeah. Yeah. Either that, or just, I don't know, just build a new game from the ground up, but stylistically designed to be a throwback to the N64 version. Um, I mean, all they really need is I'd like it to be the same engine. Like they don't need; they could do all new graphics, all new levels, and new guns, but still run on the 
and the N64 engine have sort of the same like semi-blocky look to the way the characters move, like no facial features, you know, yeah. photo-mapped faces and stuff like that. And maybe release it as like a budget title for like ten bucks on you know the, the in the store. Um, yeah, and, and maybe even have like a level creation kit with it, so you could build your own stages. Honestly, that would be my preferred <laughs> thing. I would want to done to the Perfect Dark IP. <laughs> Super perfect. Just dark like a maker. classic throwback game. Yeah, call it Perfect Dark Two. Maybe they can finally make Velvet Dark. <laughs> yeah. See, I I generally think. Um, like level creation software i think it's always more fun with stuff like um shooters because mm-hmm. you can be kind of like sneaky and uh well i mean it depends how deep it was whether it was you know a creation kit just for a multiplayer match or for an actual campaign style level of objectives i mean that'd be crazy i mean imagine creating your own campaign level and sharing it with your mate online we could do perfect like, dark maker yeah we could do like <laughs> a you know rare and friends perfect dark campaign Oh, that'd yeah. be great, actually. I'm getting really excited by this idea that'll probably never happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, I don't really want to see Perfect Dark just become like another, you know, super AAA FPS. I no. think if they do go the high, the big budget route, they should maybe make it more like Uncharted or something like that. Well, I think I think there's room in the market now for a more traditional traditional fps and by i say traditional i don't mean like doom or wolfenstein i mean kind mm-hmm. of that middle ground between super old school and new school fps kind of like what perfect dot zero was attempting to do but obviously i think they went a little too far in the sort of halo direction um i think something akin to the original perfect dark with maybe a couple of modern like modern traits um, yeah like like i wouldn't mind being able to like run and jump and a few things like that. yeah run and jump and re maybe regen health but not to the extent of like halo maybe something more like um grand theft auto 5 where i know mm. you haven't played that but gta 5 the way the health system works is that if you drop below 50 percent if you remain unharmed for 30 seconds i think it is your health goes back up to 50 percent like something like that, I wouldn't mind because I know that's a right. big deal in modern games. And, you know, even a checkpoint system, I I wouldn't mind too. But then again, it it just depends on how big the worlds are, you know. Right. So. Yeah, if they really wanted to, they could make it work. But so we've I got really like the perfect dark IP. So we've got our perfect dark wish list out of the way. <laughs> I know we haven't even talked about what we want in the new Battletoads rumor. All right, uh, we should talk about Battletoads. Mm. So. I guess the big question is: Is this, if there if a new Battletoads game comes, would you want it to be two D or three D? Okay, well, when you say this, do you mean two D or three D visuals or two D or three D gameplay? Because there's a difference. Oh, I'm referring to uh, gameplay. Like, if, would you like to actually see it reimagined and do like a fully three D game? Possibly, but I think. Well, I think what, regardless of what I want, I think it will be a side-scrolling beat-em-up, regardless, because that is what it's known for. That's what they'll make. Um, maybe, like, 3D bonus levels, where kind of more like Shenmue-style, where, uh, and again, I know you haven't played Shenmue, but, um, like, the beat-em-up sections in that, you kind of, your controls switch to beat-em-up controls. And mm-hmm. it's almost like Virtua Fighter, but free-roaming. 
So like you could run up to an opponent and attack them and then carry on like exploring the area. Um, so yeah, but for the main game, I think stick to traditional side scrolling. I mean, if anything, and I don't want to piss on Nick Makin's parade because he's doing such a great job with Rage and Justice, but there haven't been many side scrolling beat em ups for a while. Um, I think Rage and Justice is the first one on my radar. I mean, have there been any others recently? Not, not new that I can think of. <laughs> like you get loads of ports for like 360, you know, like Final Fight and Streets of Rage, but mm. I can't really think of any new ones. Um, there, there probably are like on the PS3 Japan exclusive or something, you know, but right. none that I'm aware of and definitely none that have penetrated the mainstream gaming yeah. scene in the West. So I think, I think though if they do a new Battletoads, I don't think I'd strictly want it to be a beat-em-up. Because not all of the Battletoad games were strictly beat-em-ups. There was always, like, a bit of platforming and, a, you know, vehicles and crazy stuff like that. And I'd like to see them sort of expand more on that sort of, you know, every level has kind of a different gameplay to an extent. Yeah. They could also do a 2.5D, which is another option where it's, like, you know, kind of 2D movement, but still everything is 3D modeled. Oh, possibly. I mean... I wouldn't mind, in fact, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind an art style similar to Battletoads Arcade, because I think, whilst I personally think the the original Battletoads is a deeper game in terms of <clears throat> level design and complexity, I think the visuals of Battletoads Arcade were absolutely beautiful, so... Yeah, but I think from like visual music and gameplay and just how it controls, I think Arcade is better. Hmm. But yeah, it is a little bit repetitive, though. Yeah, but... it's, it's too simplified. But it's you know it's an arcade game, so I yeah, think that's you know. What... First Battle Toads is just takes it too far. <laughs> too... I hope it's not that hard. I think like, what I they it, would that... likely do is do like um, you know difficulty settings. Um, you know, it'd be like you know easy, but they come up with cool names. But it'd be like easy, medium, hard, very hard, and then like old school style or like your daddy's battle toads you know something mm-hmm. yeah i don't think it'll be that hard i just don't want it to, i don't want it to be a game that i'm not going to be able to beat because <laughs> <laughs> the only reason i beat battle toads is because of save states and rewind that's all so, right you can just I, wait 30 years and get it on rare replay too there you go 60 but, years 60 games I, I do agree with you that i think it's going to be 2d based but part of me is still kind of uh would like it like a kind of uh, almost like a God of War style Battletoads. Yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. I mean, there's a room, there is definitely room for that as an idea. Um, and like I say, maybe they could switch it up. Maybe not just bonus stages. Maybe there could be alternating mm-hmm. gameplay styles. But I just think the marketing push, they're going to want classic style Battletoads to really get it to appeal to like a lot of the core audience will be yeah the old school gamers no or, or even... yeah i think that's definitely going to be that way it's just especially says if the, if this rumor is true hmm. then they probably made this in a fairly you know for them to have something to show at e3 they would have to have probably made this in a fairly short period of time yeah if this was just started after where replay was finished yeah so if they're showing anything then probably means it's going to be 2d yeah um uh, yeah because it's obviously easier to you know do a 
2D side scroller than it would be to. Um, I mean, when Nick came on the show, I mean, how long did he say Rage and Justice had taken him? Like three years? Quite a few years. Three or four years. <laughs> but, I mean, from, but he's just one guy. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Making his own engine. He's one guy. I mean, this team. Let's be generous. Let's say if there's I don't know, thirty people working on it. That's still like more than Platonic, or just about the same. So yeah, if there's like mm-hmm. a Platonic sized team working on this. I imagine they could probably knock a Battletoads game out in a year, which would be, you know, from Rare Replay went gold uh, till this. I mean, that would be great if it was launching in August. That would be really cool. It, w- it probably that won't be. be, but, you know, it would be like, maybe we'd get like a sort of lower bu- uh, a budget Rare title every summer. I'd be so up for that. Mm-hmm. Some doing like an f- alternating summer and fall thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I imagine I imagine though that we're not gonna have a a big budget uh, game next year because uh, Connect Sports Rivals came out in what two thousand fourteen, so uh, it sounds like they need at least a two year dev time to do their primary game. Well, yeah, no, I mean, but they could <clears throat> they could keep the pattern going as it is now. You know, they could um, mm-hmm. ne- next year would be the equivalent of last year where they could reveal their new triple a game like next summer and also uh show uh their next budget title a year on which i don't know but say mm-hmm. conquer solitaire for example <laughs> you know yeah but well what... i really hope rare goes back to having a release every year yeah regardless if it's of a smaller game or a, you know yeah i mean we'll never be at the heights of the n64 era where it'd be two N64 games and two Game Boy games every year. Right. <laughs> yeah, but if we can get like a smaller throwback title every every year and then sort of, you know, wait every two to three years for like their big revolutionary game, I think it'd be really good because they'd, they'd finally sort of, you know, shake that perception that they don't care about their old stuff, which is clear. It's been, in my opinion, it's already been shaken, but I still hear people say it, which annoys me. Mm. But... You know, it's a way to keep keep the fandom always alive and always have something coming to look forward to, like how it used to be. Yeah. You know, because up until, like, recently, we always knew, you know, what the next Rare game was. We usually had, like, two or three titles that were the next Rare games coming that we were always looking forward to. Yeah. So I kind of want to have that, you know, every three we sort of get a look at, you know, the next Rare game. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um... Well, uh, I suppose, so going back to the assumption that it would be Battletoads this year uh, that they do show off, um, uh, would you, for you, would this be a day one purchase? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rare game. (laughs) I want a rare website. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'll, I'll pick it up as soon as it's out, whether it's physical or digital. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I really, uh, I, I really would, would uh, but yeah, I'd pick this up straight away, and and like I would also like in general, I'd really like to see it just personally because, uh, as I mentioned on our Battletoads episode earlier this season, I'd never really, it's kind of the one rare franchise which is it, it always eluded me. I'd never really gotten into it, but yeah, as of this year, well, last year now, um, I do consider myself a Battletoads fan. 
Uh, I still think there are parts of the NES game which are downright sadistic uh, and <laughs> almost unplayable on a modern television. But, you know, I appreciate it for what it is. And, like, I, I kind of... I like the universe. I, I love the soundtracks and the visuals. David Wise. It'd be so cool if they got Wise back to do the music. Would that be awesome? Yeah. I mean, I almost wonder because I imagine Robin Beanland's probably going to be too busy with Sea of Thieves. What if they contracted David Weiss? That would be cool, man. That would be awesome. Well, maybe they'll get the oh, wrong... Hey, I mean, they could have got Kev Bayless back, too. You remember that uh, You remember that video in Where Replay where he almost referred to... When he was like... He, oh, I can't remember what he actually said, but he said maybe it's time we did another Battletoads or something like that. Mm. And I thought it was really weird because <laughs> he doesn't even work at Rare at the time. But he used the term we... Well, who does Kev Bayless work for now? Uh, Platonic. Is he at Platonic full-time? It's not just a... He is now. He used... Pro- probably when that video was recorded, though, I think he was still um, a con- kind of doing contract stuff. Oh, okay. But they've brought... I mean, they've brought in Chris Sutherland to do uh, voice work for uh, Killer Instinct Season 3 while he was working at Platonic. So yeah. it doesn't seem to be an issue for them to, you know, bring back the Platonic guys if they're needed for things. Mm. Because so, he designed all the characters, wouldn't that be cool if it's if they could do something like how they did with a um, jetpack uh, refuel, where they could get a guy just sort of hand draw them enemies and sprites and stuff. So maybe they could get like Kev Bayless to come in and hand draw on some sprites, of old classic Battletoad stuff, except obviously you know in high resolution. That'd be cool. <laughs> with David Wise soundtrack play it blurring in the background. Well, what I was going to say before about Dave Wise is like maybe they'd hire the wrong one, the the guy who wrote the cartoon. Oh, the Battle Turds cartoon that I've never seen. Yeah, like is I, it just like a pilot? But isn't that such a uh, weird coincidence? I know. The the exact, I went on it early, like I was you know researching Battle Turds, and I was looking at the cartoons written by David Wise. I was like, huh, I didn't know he wrote scripts as well as music, and then I clicked on it, and it's like. David Wise, you know, um, like he was like showrunner on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was like, okay, it's definitely not the same one. So, yeah, um, but no, no, um, the, yeah, seriously, the the real David Wise, the only David Wise, the rare David Wise. It'd be awesome mm-hmm. if they got him on board for a Battletoad soundtrack. Um, I mean, hey, I mean, I imagine a Battletoad soundtrack wouldn't be that hard for him. Um, as not going to be nearly as... I mean, he's doing some stuff on ukulele, but he's not doing all of the ukulele. No, no, so I, I imagine he doesn't have... I'm assuming he's probably been contracted for Retro's new project as well, because... like, the... Well, yeah, but we don't even know if that's even hit the music stage yet. We haven't even seen anything from it's it. It's been in development for over three years, man. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> like, they said they started work on it a month after Tropical Freeze went gold, and that game was released nearly three and a half years. No... Oh, shit, no, sorry, I'm thinking of the reveal. No, okay, sorry, two and a half years. Yeah, that's still a long time. I think they'll have something in the can musically. I mean, I'm thinking they're... Yeah. Oh, then again... So maybe he's already done it all for that one. Either way, it would still leave him... I feel like he's probably pretty free. Hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I just I just thought, hang on, last year... I never thought about this. Last year, Retro said... Or there was that source that said Retro's game was nearly ready to show, but they decided to hold it off till next year. 
But that's the point. Retro won't be showing the game this year, will they? Because of the Zelda show. Yeah, I, I, I bet you we'll see Retro's game whenever they unveil that NX. Yeah, I guess. But mm, no, probably be a launch title, whatever it is. I just hope it's nothing terrible. Why would it be something terrible? <laughs> I don't know. Like they're gonna make them do Federation Force Two or something. Why would they? <laughs> I don't know. I've lost all faith in Nintendo. I'm sorry. Remember, the, ru- the rumor was that this was the first time Retro was allowed to work on their own projects. Yeah, I- I'm I'm hoping it's an original IP, and that's really what I want from them. I I don't want them just to take a Nintendo IP again. I- do their own, do their banjo. You know, I mean, not literally. No, well, no like I know banjo, what you mean. But create their own Nintendo characters because it's been I don't know. It's been too long since we've actually had some sort of unique new stuff added to the Nintendo catalog. Like, I want them to be kind of like kind of like how Rare was during you know, the in 64 years where they were, they were always turning out the original ideas and new characters and things like that and made it feel not just like, you know, Mario and Zelda, Mario and Zelda <laughs> over and over again. Don't forget Fire Emblem. And Well, yeah, but that didn't come till later. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I thought you meant like in the modern era, you don't want it to just be Mario and Zelda. Oh, I I get what you mean now, yeah, like in the N64 era, without Rare, it would have just been Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon. Pretty much, yep. (laughs) And that's kind of, in their absence, which just felt so hard during the GameCube and, you know, Wii years. It's like, well, the, their library gets so less diverse. Um, I'd argue the GameCube library is a lot more diverse than the N64 library, personally. Because like I think of the maybe game- too diverse. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> maybe too diverse. I don't know. There's not that much I really enjoyed for it. Well, I'm just thinking like off the top of my head, <clears throat> you got the Resident Evil uh, series was like exclusive to the GameCube for a few years. Um, you had the stellar remake of Resident Evil One, the first right the first release rights for Resident Evil 4 and the exclusive Resident Evil 0. Um, you have the me- Well... Sorry? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Third GameCube had the best third-party support of yeah. the Nintendo console, probably. But then even... But I guess it was... But, but, go ahead. But no, no <laughs> I was going to say, moving up to, like... Okay, that was just talking about an exclusive get. But moving up to first and second, like... Think of like Metroid Prime, Sunshine, Wind Waker, Eternal Darkness. There was quite a lot of variety. I think maybe you've forgotten a lot of it because that's the era where you kind of fell out of gaming for a while. Yeah. And you haven't even played it. But I feel like a lot of the stuff wasn't, like a lot of the Nintendo stuff wasn't really what I wanted at the time. And then the absence of Rare and the sort of lack, even though there was. You know, like you said, there was definitely diversity. There was sort of lack of new games and sort of the genres I wanted. Like, there wasn't any new, like, platform-type characters or anything like what Rare had done. They did have some, like, you know, like Eternal Darkness and Metroid and stuff like that, which added some diversity. But I don't know. I think, to me, for the time, GameCube just really wasn't what I was looking for. I think it wasn't the reason I bought it. Like I was expecting, I was expecting a library more similar to the N sixty four when I bought it, and when I didn't get that, I ended up just kind of being very disenfranchised with it. No, fair enough, mate. I mean, the other thing was I kind of like because I'm such a huge Sonic fan. Um, I loved that Sega were like focusing more on the GameCube with Sonic. Um, so that kind of 
bridged a little bit of the gap because you had the Sonic Adventure ports and um, Sonic Heroes. Oh yeah, those were great. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously they're very different. You can't really compare Sonic Adventure Two to like Banjo because yeah, they're mm-hmm. both three D platformers, but they're extreme opposite ends of the scale. Um, you know, they both do their own thing and they both do it very well. Um, but no, but one thing I was going to say before is it's been nearly a year since I told you and you still haven't played Metroid Prime. Can I just put it out there <laughs> now? I'll say Metroid Prime is the last perfect game Nintendo ever published. I don't think... That, I think it's the last 10 out of 10 they made and it's nearly 15 years old. Like, can you think of one... I know you haven't played it, but can you think of any game they've done in the last few, like, 15 years which you'd say is perfect, personally? Uh... I'm gonna have to think. <laughs> <laughs> I think Super Mario 3D World came close, but it was probably more of a nine ten. Uh, I'd say I'd say the Mario terms are closest was Galaxy One. Personally, I do really like 3D World, but it was a little too linear and cookie cutter for me. But it was still. I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, it, it was I still the best of those cool. during the 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 huge. Um, Oh, oh, Mario Kart 8, maybe. Mario Kart 8 is pretty um, close to a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's very, I mean, very it's, it's good. A, it's a different kind of thing. Like, Smash and Mario Kart are, I don't know, they're almost like party games. I have a hard time sort of sort of rating them against mm. the, you know, single-player experiences that Nintendo used to do. Yeah. Used to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when they did that. <laughs> so anyway, back to Battletoads. Um... <laughs> right, so okay, I mean, we kind of been so off topic. We kind of wanted to call it like a wish list, but it's, I don't. I mean, I just I want it to be good. I, if it is, if it is happening, okay, I want it to be a two point two point five D game, but with arcade style art in high resolution. Um, I want a David Wise soundtrack. Um, it's because it's specifically a home console release. I'd want quite an expansive campaign, um, perhaps branching paths. Um, I'd want at least fifteen levels. Um, I'd want vehicle levels to come back, but by God, please Turbo Tunnel be a little bit more fair. <laughs> like you know for a fact, if they do another Battletoads game, there'll be a Turbo Tunnel. All right. Like, you know it's gonna happen. Um, uh, I quite enjoyed the is it the final level in Battletoads Arcade where you're stood in the ship and you can shoot in eight directions with a blaster. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love to see something like that again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So kind of, and <clears throat> I sound like a hypocrite because I'm always talking about how companies should be doing new things, but. Hey, if they're doing a new Battletoads, it's been, what, 22 years since the last game. <laughs> They've got every right to kind of just go back to the well, reinvent that for the modern era, and then maybe do something a bit more experimental in a few years with the with the IP. Right. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, me, my wish list would probably be, you know, David's, David Wise soundtrack, number one, even though that's up in the air. Um the graphics, I'm not sure. I think I would prefer either an A kind of ACM like uh, Raging Justice was yeah. with the pre-rendered sprites. If if that's if they're using sprites at all, yeah, um, that's how I'd rather them do the, rather them do it that method. 
if they do opt to do it, you know, a little bit more three three D, then yeah, two point five D would be great. Maybe use the sort of uh, design from that uh, rare replay render and uh, Killer Instinct. Kind of kind of use that still. I think you would actually honestly you know what scratch that I just want it to be an ACM scratch all that. <laughs> well, actually, no, I want to no, see a high you, resolution. You do bring up a good point though that 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 new model they made for rare replay promotion and for mm-hmm. the Killer Instinct, they may actually go the 3D model route because they put so much effort into that new look for the franchise. Yeah, like, and yeah, so actually they may well do that. So sorry, carry yeah, on. Yeah. I'm saying they may well do that, but just don't don't bother, you know, doing it fully 3D. Just use that 3D render, in ACM, and have it look glorious. Mm. <laughs> or, or yeah, I'm honestly it would be okay if they did it the other way too, because then you have that really smooth 60 frame per second battle toes. It'd be fun as well. 2.5D, that could be fun as well. Yeah, there's pros and cons to both, but I just think seeing that, seeing a um, a sort of side scrolling game with a reptile in ACM would just make me very happy <laughs> but yeah I think I think online co-op for future wise I think online co-op is definitely going to be a must yeah especially if it ends up being very difficult it'd be good to have someone else and don't don't like have it fail when your other person dies because <laughs> then it just becomes harder but yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, just make a make a Battletoads game, but don't make it too hard. Focus on sort of having some platforming and having a few other things. Throw in some of your own game mechanics too. Like, don't just carbon copy the NES game and make it easier. You know, invent some new mechanics, make it fun. But don't lose the sort of you know wacky Battletoads feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> it's. Uh... Yeah, so kind of talking along the same lines, maybe slight difference in opinion about the visual style we prefer. But um, I think whatever they do, I think I'd be really excited for it. And I mean, this would be, if they did do it, this would be the first time, excluding Rare Replay, it'd be the first time Rare have actually worked on an old IP since Nuts and Bolts, which is like eight years ago. Yep, it's <laughs> a while ago. Um, and if you and and if it's a traditional style battle toads game, it'd be the first time they've gone back to an old IP for a traditional game since like the N sixty four era, I guess, or the GBA. No, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I mean they had Saber Wolf, but that was kind that was of a two D platform of the. Yeah. But yeah, that that was nothing like the the original Save Wolf. They nearly did a Battletoads game for GBA. Yeah, I heard about that. But what's the actual story behind that? I'm a bit unclear. I'm not actually sure what the story is or if it's known, but um, there's screenshots. I think even a leaked beta or ROM out there for it. Yeah, I don't know how much is actually playable, but it, the graphics look really weird. It looks like they were trying to do kind of a 3D rendered sprite type thing. But there's a lot of like, supposedly there's like tons of like placeholder art, and it's not really super playable or anything. I'll have to look. Into I'll have it. to look into it. <laughs> I'm sure there's more information out there. <laughs> okay. Probably unseen sixty four. Maybe they have a bunch of info on it. They have a lot of info on betas. 
Yeah, we'll look into maybe one week we could do an episode about you know cancelled rare projects. I think that'd be pretty interesting yeah. to look into. Could be fun. So, yeah. Um, there was another point I wanted to make about. Oh yeah. Um, the voice of Rash in Killer Instinct isn't it Nolan North? I don't know. Could be Nolan North voices everyone. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll look this up quick because this I need to know. <laughs> One sec. You can keep talking if you want. No, I refuse to talk. I must be awkward silence while you Google. That's the only choice. <laughs> so who was it that Chris Sutherland voiced in Killer Instinct then? Was it uh, Tusk? I'm not sure. Yeah, because he, he did voice work for it, but I'm not sure what he did. Hmm. Mm, can't find it then. Oh, I'm gone. Okay, we probably don't really need to tell. Okay, well, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll listen to <laughs> Anyway, uh, right. So, uh, have you actually got anything more to say about a new Battle Toads, or have you kind of. Um, I think we kind of covered it. Um, as you said. This is all a rumor that may or may not even be substantiated. But it's a fun idea either way. And I do feel like that the Battletoads IP will be revisited as one of the... If they're going to revisit old IPs, it'll be one of the first ones they do. Uh, I yeah, I think it's... So even if it's likely. not in development now, I, it probably will be at some point. So it can be some fun to speculate. And uh, yeah, I hope they get David Wise back. Because... I want this music, all of it. <laughs> I think I think Dave Wise, yeah, Dave Wise coming back is always like the biggest thing you need when revisiting any franchise that he's done music for. Like that is that is half the reason Tropical Freeze catapulted ahead of Returns is just because of David Wise alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the Tropical Freeze soundtrack isn't on CD. I've got I that in my car. That's weird, isn't it? I mean, you could, you know, yeah. download it and make your own CD, but I guess in this day and age, that's effort. <laughs> yeah. I I would legitimately think I would buy the Tropical Freeze soundtrack for my car, though. Because that's one thing I use CDs for anymore, is that, so... Yeah. You use CDs <laughs> in a car? Yeah, that's the only decent source of music, really. What? I don't have a auxiliary in... So I can't use my phone. Don't you have a USB slot? Nope. Have you got a cassette tape player? I wish. <laughs> yeah. Because my car's too new for cassette, but not new enough for uh, auxiliary or USB. Yeah, because if you had a cassette too... tape, you could get the USB cassette thing. Yep. Oh, sucks. Yeah, or just... <laughs> I know, I, I, it's a 2006, and that's like that awkward time when that stuff was just getting really popular. So a lot of cars don't have them but they all have CD players and not tape decks. <laughs> but can't you get, like, a... Um, can't you just get a new car stereo for, like, 20 bucks? Not 20 bucks. <laughs> really? I don't know what the prices are like over there. Last time I bought a car stereo, it was, I think, $80, and that's not counting um, installation. Well, you can do that yourself. 
Yeah, no, not me. <laughs> I'm terrible with cars. I try. I made an attempt to do it, and I ended up having to get help. Oh, okay. I think I paid a friend to do it for me, and they knew more about it. I assume it would be just like plug and play, wouldn't it? Um, we had to take up half the console and like pull up upholstery and do all this crazy stuff. Oh, okay. You have to take so much out to actually get at it, especially especially when you're dealing with um the original that's still in there it's a lot i guess you know i imagine maybe after you change one maybe it's a lot easier to get it out again but yeah i don't know okay well <clears throat> we, we better set up a patreon to um donate to dave's car radio fund. there you go can you fix my ac too that costs like 700 dollars to fix <laughs> might as well just start a fund your life charity <laughs> just buy me a new car i mean i like my car but if we're just giving me money for things just like may as well get me like a like a Tesla. just get yourself like a Lam- lamborghini no not with, not with not how much gas those use it's all right <laughs> i just want an electric car but anyway um Demi, should we wrap up or wrap up or crap up yeah i think we should wrap up yeah we're just kind of like babbling about my car now so mm. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's the thing. I mean, Battletoads, as fun as it is, uh, you know, I, I say I do consider myself quite a decent, decent, uh, quite a fan of the series. Now, there's really not that much to say. It's not like Banjo or Donkey Kong. You could go really in depth with the kind of things you want to see. But Battletoads, you know, it will be whatever they do now. They're going to go back to the well for the first one, for the first new one. Yeah. So there's really not that much to say. Like I just, I hope, I hope it is happening. I'd rather Battletoads as a small indie title than, uh, well, indie style title than, um, you know, a big AAA because it doesn't really need that. Um, so, yeah, uh, fingers crossed we get something at E3. And, you know, if not, there's always next year. Yep. And, yeah, I'm hoping. That, yeah, I'm sure they'll go back to the well a little bit, as you said, but I'm hoping for tons of new mechanics to make it feel fresh. Yeah, because there's a lot of lot of room to expand it more so than probably any other other IPs right now. So you know, just go crazy, make a great game. If you're making it, if you're not making it, maybe look to make it soon. Rare, do that. <laughs> listen to me, please. <laughs> and please uh, listen to my perfect dark idea too. Give me a retro perfect dark game. Yeah, do that. In fact, just do everything do we do, ask. Do for. all the things. Um. Yeah, if I could be Craig Duncan's personal advisor, you know. Yeah, just 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 give him give him my give him my phone number and we'll talk. We'll be in meetings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I guess we're gonna wrap up before I babble on like an idiot even more. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right then. Well, yeah, it's been fun and. Um... Yeah, tune in next week for our E3 preview and then keep an eye out for some extra special content in the week following. Yep, we're going to be excited, I'm sure. (laughs) All right, you guys have a great weekend and we'll see you next week for some E3 speculation. See you later, guys. Bye.